the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the Word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And this is The Word to Stand On for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering your questions, Bible questions, questions about something going on in your life. And today, any question that Paula can answer, because it is the date day show, and she's here in the studio. All you have to do is pick up the phone and dial 210-340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. Numerically, that's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com or you can use our free Calvary Chapel mobile app. And as always, if you are driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the call now banner at the top of the screen. You'll be connected directly to our studio producer. The rest of this day, the first day of a new month, we have 29 days this month, so it's like we get an extra one. Okay. So it's your show. It, it, it sort of is, and then it's sort of not. It's our show. And so I'm glad to be here. And I want to warn all the ladies, we're at 206 signed up for our women's retreat already. Well, wow. Yeah. And so we're really trying to hit a goal of 300. I just said that just now. Oh, you just said yeah. just, mm-hmm. I say first I've heard of it. <laughs> yeah, I just said it right now. Here's so, what I always think about. I think whether but, whether two people show up or... Or 2,000 people, yeah. the people that show up are the ones that God gets to bless. It, yeah, and, and praise the Lord, I'm one of the two. So You have to go. Yeah, two, I mean, <laughs> you remember many years ago, because I was nervous about being a pastor's wife. And um, so the ladies had come to the front door, you know, and I knew they were coming. But they're knocking and ringing the doorbell. Mama Paula, not, they didn't call me Mama there. Paula, Paula, knocking on the door. And I was sitting on the fireplace next to your recliner. And you're like, go get the door. I was like, no, I don't really want to. <laughs> <laughs> but they're, they're here to get you to go to the retreat. I said, yeah, I know. But, you know, I don't really want to go. I'm kind of nervous. You know, I don't want to say anything wrong or, you know, do anything wrong. You know, a lot of pressure. I had a lot of pressure put on me. Would I say you have to go? You have to go. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, why Why do I have to go? I already had the guest speaker, so I don't have you know. And uh, they'll be okay. He said, Paul, you have to go. I was like, why? You're the pastor's wife. So? You know, kind of a thing. And I think I did that two years in a row, right at the beginning. And it was like, so, sorry. But you went. I, I Of course I went. And I had a great time, but, yeah, I was nervous. So I understand when people say, I, you know, I don't know if I want to. Go that far away, and I'm going to be spending night with, with strangers, basically. And you know, I, I don't sleep good when I'm not in my own bed, and all those things. And so I, I get it. And so we, some ladies just don't go, you know, for like five, six, ten years. Uh, we had one lady not that long ago. She she said, "I've been coming to the church for ten years. This is my first retreat." Well, I'm so happy you finally made it. You'll have a blast, and she had a blast. 
And then this is what always happens when they finally go. They ask this question. Do we only have one a year? <laughs> Girl, back up right now because it's a lot of work that goes into the a lot of fun work, but it's a lot of work nevertheless. And you know, for for the ladies who have four, five kids, you know, husband and stuff like that, the pre preparation, not the preparation, the pre preparation. There's all the laundry has to be done. The clothes have to be set out because you know the different meals for every day. Yeah, it doesn't appear that that happens because I see the kids who are with the dads and how they're dressed, and I can promise you the wives and mothers did not pick those outfits. (laughs) (laughs) That is why we have our retreats Thursday through Saturday because it used to be Friday and we'd come back Sunday, you know, and we'd, we'd, we'd get back to the church to pick up our kids around you know, the time when the last service was over, and it was horrific. <laughs> it was like, I did not let my kids, you know, everybody, they're explaining to each other, mm-hmm. that's not this, what I've I ra- I've raised them better than <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and they're giving those eyes to their husband. Now, we just came down from the, the mountain of holiness, you know, <laughs> where we're filled with the Holy Spirit until, why do they look like this? Yeah. What, to the husband, <laughs> what were you thinking? Yeah. None of this even matches. And why is her hair looking like that? Well, she said she. this is what you let her do. <laughs> she said, and you believed her. Anyway, I could go on and on. There were some surreal stories. So. One of the things that we've always done, the men have always done, is we have a, you know, a meet and greet. Yeah. But it's a M-E-A-T. Yes. And the men with the kids mm-hmm. take them to a local park. We all get together. Yeah. And uh, we cook a lot of food. Yeah. And the kids just run till their legs drop, mm-hmm. and that way the dads can go home, put him in bed, and have at least a little bit of time to recover. And they had a decent meal. Yeah, they had a good meal. <laughs> yeah, because sometimes when the moms got home, I, I got some stories. Mom, you're here already? You know? Well, well, that's not very friendly. Well, we got to go to McDonald's every day while you're gone now, or it won't be able to. You know, that kind of thing. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, it's fun. What's in your heart today? Um, I, better, I guess I better tell the date, so for this thing that I'm oh, talking yeah. about. The Women's Retreat, uh, it's this month. It's this month, the 29th. That's sort of this month. It's sort of this month. Okay, so you haven't changed your calendar. I don't have a calendar yet. Oh, okay. Well, that looks like January 2024 there, but they oh, just didn't turn the page. they got me a calendar while I was Yay. gone. Okay, so, ooh, one, two, three, four, four weeks from today. Yikes. <laughs> it's coming quick. So the 29th through um, March 2nd, Walk in the Light is our theme from First John 1-7. It's at the Alto Frio Camp and Retreat Center. And ladies or girls, 17, 18, just as long as she's a senior in high school, um, and up, and up, I like that, and up, are, are invited to come Um and so don't miss it. And so I, I was saying that for everyone. And, and you're doing the first session Thursday night? Yeah, I'll do the first <clears throat> session for Thursday night. It kind of gives the <clears throat> guest speaker. We we did this a long time ago. One of the guest speakers got sick on Thursday when she had gotten off the plane. She said, well, I was on the plane. I just didn't feel good. And so we started. She said, can you do it? I was like, do you know that I need six months? <laughs> I need to know well in advance what I'm going to do. But anyway. I said, okay, but it's worked out great. So I do the first session, and then I'm out of the way. Um, I'm out of the way, so I don't even mess up her continuity. So, yeah, I do Thursday night, and then she, Laura Cowan from Poyman Ministries. Um, she'll do Friday morning, Friday afternoon, and Friday evening, and then Saturday morning, and then I'll close it out. So, yeah, but, yeah, it's coming. So my scripture for... Light this week is from Ephesians 5. <clears throat> and it's kind of long today, but maybe I'll have you, you comment on this, Pastor Ron, because you're Pastor Ron, you know, the answer man guy. So Ephesians 5, starting in verse 8, says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. 
for it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for it is light that makes everything visible. That's why it is said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. And I could go on to verse 16, but um, 14 is where I wanted to end. Six words uh, are, are practically the most six important words. Um, find out what pleases the Lord. That mm-hmm. that ought to be our goal every single morning. Yeah. And um, obviously, if we are seeking what pleases the Lord, He's going to give us that information and empower us to be able to do it. So um, that's one of my favorite verses. It's just so simple. Mm-hmm. Life can be easy if we give it the opportunity to be simply by desiring to find out what pleases God. Yeah. Walking in the light, that'll do that. Um, so that's my scripture for light um, for our women's retreat. So anyway, ladies, we still have uh, some motel and dorm room availability. And we have plenty of bunkhouse room available. So uh, sign up right away. I'm doing the, I'm doing the um, what do you call it, the room assignments. And it's... You know, in all fairness, I'm doing first come, first serve, of course. Um, so, but I'm in the process. So, get on the stick, girls, and let's get this thing filled up. Anyway, it'll be fun. And then, oh, yes, we do Zumba. I do Zumba once a year, Pastor Ron, at the women's retreat. I don't think you've ever seen me do Zumba. And you probably never will. Because <laughs> I do it. We do it once a year, and I always tell them, no cameras. Just none of this stuff gets posted on whatever social media you're on and and so far so good that's the difference between women's retreat and men's retreat you do zumba we do brisket oh no see this year we are working on having a brisket dinner um and using having that to uh, replace one of the normal meals dawn is in the process of getting (laughs) that taken care of yes so anyway we're going to be fine don't worry about us. We will not be eating at 10 o'clock at night, though, like men do. No, we have better sense than that. So, anyway, um, I was cracking up yesterday. I don't know which what day. Let me see, because I have it uh, mapped out. Oh, yeah, it was yesterday's show. Anonymous. I loved it, this question. He says, I know where to pursue holiness. <laughs> I laughed out loud at home. I know we are to pursue holiness, but it seems holiness is just too fast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh my goodness. Uh, Yeah. I I just thought, okay, let me look up some scriptures about pursuing holiness. Of course, you know, I asked S-I-R-I on my phone, and so she helped me out. So, uh, (laughs) I have to spell. It's like when we had our dog, yeah. you have know. to spell because he knew what the words were? Yeah. Your phone is here. Yes. That's why you had to spell it out? <laughs> oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, you know, she will, she'll start talking to you. And sometimes, she, just if you say a word that's similar, does she come on and interrupt the conversation you might be having? Anyway, mine does. Hebrews 12, verse 14 says this. Make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. And I'm sure Anonymous was like, but holiness is just moving too fast. You mean I got to give up this and I got to do this, find out what pleases the Lord? Um, So, yeah, I just thought that's a good one. Okay, so here's another one. First, I was, he had me cracking, or she, I don't even know, but it sounds kind of like a, a man question, no offense. I'm not trying to be sexist or anything, but it just kind of did. Okay, First Peter 1 says this, verse 13. It says, therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children... Do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. 
Yes. You want to jump in here at any time, Pastor Ron. You just go and help yourself. You know, it's just it's it's not it's not difficult or complicated. <laughs> That's why we say just be with Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I have this picture that I've communicated a bunch of times uh, to our church that that my desire daily is to to be so close to Jesus that if He ever stops suddenly, I just bump right into Him mm-hmm. and. That's the only way we can pursue holiness. My flesh, Anonymous's flesh, your flesh, mm-hmm. uh, we don't want to be holy. We want to do what our flesh wants to do. Yes. And only when we're in the presence of the Lord, empowered by his spirit, that's the only way that holiness is even real or practical. And part of the other problem, Paula, is that people feel like, well, holiness is boring. Holiness is not fun. When just the opposite is true, mm-hmm. but you don't find that out until you hang out with Jesus. Yeah, you really don't, you know, because what you're saying is, you know, before it's just like, we, oh, let's go run with this crowd. Let's go do this. That should be fun. Let's throw back some, you know, my six, my whole six pack and just go crazy. But you wake up the next day or even that day and what did I do? Where have I been? Hope I'm not sick, you know. Um so, yeah, Paul says, you know, um, I beat my body, make it my slave, because he had flesh just like the rest of us. He got angry with people. He probably remembered some of the things he used to do. I know he did. Most of them, you know, pretty bad. But, um, yeah, no guilt. There's just no guilt when you're hanging you know, out with Jesus. Paul's flesh, and we know this from the thorn in the flesh, uh, Paul's flesh was to get even with his enemies. He wanted to crush them. I mean, mm-hmm. his flesh did. Mm-hmm. And that's why that thorn would be there. Paul was told by the Lord, you need that thorn right now. Mm-hmm. It was sent to keep you from becoming conceited because of the surpassingly great revelations. Mm-hmm. And, and and Paul would learn to appreciate that thorn in the flesh. Uh, and that's why he could say, you know, I've learned the secret of being content, mm-hmm. whatever my circumstance. Mm-hmm. So uh, we just have to decide that, you know, pursuing holiness is a requirement. You know, we're looking for loopholes. We want to read our Bibles <laughs> yeah, and yeah. find loopholes. It allows yeah. me to do this thing or it allows me to do that thing. Mm-hmm. And there are no loopholes in our Bible. Yeah. I and think you had a couple of questions this week, too. You say, uh, is there any way we can get around that one? You know, I mean, the one pursuing peace with others or not uh, getting vengeance and not taking a brother to court and stuff like that, you know. I like that question. You just want to know, you know, there's got to be an out here. There's got to be a loophole somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. But there are no loopholes in the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I tell you all the time, I love listening to this show and I like coming to church and hearing all the messages and stuff. But there's some, like those two questioners, it's like, I'm on your side, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. But find out what pleases the Lord and and do that. And then in 1 John uh, chapter 3, verses 2 and 3, it says, Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. This is the verse. Everyone who has this hope in him, purifies himself just as he is pure. I, I must have read that 15 times. You know, we're going to be going to First John mm-hmm. on Sundays mm. uh, when we're done with the book of Acts. And uh, so I've been reading it over and over and over, reading through First John every day. Mm-hmm. And um, Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, we've been talking about this, the, the ladies, you know, when we teach, Pastor Ron says... You know, we don't get to teach theory. And so as the teacher, you read that over and over again. You're having to go through it before you can can tell us, right? Okay, Romans 12, 1, um, talking about pursuing holiness. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Yeah. Yeah. The okay, King James says it's your reasonable service. Mm-hmm. I like that because when you consider what he's done, what's the reasonable response? Well, Lord, you're in charge. I'm not. I just want to please you. Mm-hmm. And that's what, what Paul is saying. The NIV says your spiritual act of worship. Um, we, we might say it's your, your sincere act of worship or your, your genuine act of worship. And I think a lot of us that are looking for loopholes, we're not sincere 
nor genuine <laughs> in our worship of the Lord because we're still trying to do the things we want to do and we try to justify it. And I don't care if you're Pastor Ron or a brand new Christian. We we all try to deal with our flesh and, and sort of make bargains so that you, we can you do called these it, things. You used to call it playing patty cake. With sin. With yeah. sin, yeah. See, Pastor Ron, I listen. <laughs> I really do listen. You know, sometimes I don't want to really... I don't really want to hear some of the things, but reading your Bible, you can't help it. But yeah, you know, finding out what pleases the Lord. Well, how would he be when when he appears, we will be like him. You know, he says, if somebody strikes you on one cheek, give him the other one also. Hmm, I'm going to give you a black eye. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that verse, that verse, uh, you know, uh, I believe, as you know, Paula, that, that the minute we go into the presence of the Lord, we receive our new physical glorified, resurrected bodies. Mm-hmm. And somebody said, well, well what, what biblical base do you have for that? It's that verse, that mm-hmm. when we see him, we will be like he mm-hmm. is. And uh, frankly, I can't wait for that moment. Yeah. Especially during Mountain Cedar season. <laughs> Mountain Cedar and mold. Ooh, I am ready. Baby. Come on, Jesus. Okay, so I have another one. And I'm gonna, I'll finish up in a second. Second Peter 3.11. Well, I should probably go back. Verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. You know, if there's anybody in the audience uh, that that is willing, I, it'd be neat, Paul, to, to hear people say, here are the impediments to holiness. Here's, mm. here's why I struggle, or here's mm. the things that I want to do. Or mm-hmm. uh, I mean, that would be, a, a, uh, I think, a worthwhile conversation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we're almost at the end of the first half hour of the program, but if you are interested in being that honest, you can dial 210-340-9585. Yeah, I have one more. You got four minutes? You can oh, tell me more than that. Okay, so because all of this, you know, you say, um, excuse me, you say quite often that uh, all of this goes, if it goes all the way back to Genesis, it it still applies to all of us today. So um, Genesis 17, 1, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty, walk before me and be, be blameless. I will confirm my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Um, Just living in a home, and maybe you're the only Christian in that home, um, we we teach here all the time, just be with Jesus. Um, And so the Lord is saying, walk before me and be blameless. Don't fall to the enemy's trap of getting in your flesh because those in your family, you know, maybe not believing in Jesus, maybe like, no offense, but the house I, with our kids and and you, um, you know, I was goody two shoes and, you know, Ronnie and Terry both would make fun of me. Um, Mom, they don't need, they don't need to hear from you about your God kind of a thing. And, um, the Lord says, I will confirm my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Well, you're saved. you way, you way all the way saved, Pastor Brown. <laughs> you are really saved. Um, our older son, Ronnie, when I turned 50, um, that was a while ago, <laughs> he said in a birthday card, Mom, I don't know where our family would be if you hadn't. Stayed with Jesus, so thank you, kind of a thing. Um, but yeah, just if you hang with Jesus, you know He will He will abide with you, and He will He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn. And so, don't give up. So God is faithful to keep His promises, and in um, you, poor baby, everybody, please keep praying for Pastor Ron. He's still coughing, but anyway, he didn't He didn't. Um, do the teaching at church last night. And so Pastor Ken stepped up and he taught from Second Samuel. And he was talking about Obed-Edom, um, how when David blew it with um, the Ark of the Covenant and Uzzah, Uzzah uh, 
died because they were doing things the wrong way. He said that Obed-Edom took the Ark of the Covenant into his house and made made Jesus the center of his family. And um, he said... He got blessed for it, too. Yeah, he got blessed for it. In the lineage as well, he had, I think, he said 62 family members who served the Lord, you know. And so don't give up. Pursue holiness, even if it's holiness is running faster than you. Look, I, I, I can't give up this. Yeah, we can. If we think about um, what Jesus did, he, he let them beat him, talk bad about him. This is mine. Spit in his face, um, pulled his beard out. I don't know how many lashes. It wasn't any 39 minus one, was it? They, they probably just beat him and beat him and beat him. Just horrible. But what he did, you know, the Romans 12 one, in view of what God has done, offer your body. We've got 30 minutes left in the date day edition of the program. 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR. We'll be back in two minutes. the word to stand on for life we're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR now here's pastor ron arbaugh welcome back to the second half of our date day show paula is here 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR paula before you get started on your second half uh topic whatever it's going to be um, you know, I've just it's been rolling around in my head all day long. You know, Jesus said, in the end, nation will rise against nation. And we're not at that point. We haven't been at that point yet. But that's where the world is headed. We're headed. I know this is not really good news, but we're headed toward that moment when, um, uh, you know, we, we, we in America call it World War III. But, but we're going to see that begin to happen now. Um, the world has never been, in the absence of American strength, the world has never been as messed up as it is right now. Uh, and, and it's, you know, we're watching, I think, the world march right into that prophecy of the Lord. All of that to say to all of us, we need to be serious about holiness. We need to uh, walk with Jesus. We need to offer our bodies as living sacrifices, to use the passages that you were talking about. Because the time really is short. And and if you think about it, I said a minute ago, it's not very good news. But it really is good news because that means Jesus is coming for his church really soon. Okay, I'm done. Oh, that was all right. I need to hear that kind of stuff because I don't like to listen to the news. I know stuff is happening, um, but I get overwhelmed a little bit. And, and But, I, you know, you're looking at all this stuff, and I'm really, really, really trying to look up. See, and I say this quite often, Jesus, come on, please come back, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's going to get, and you, every time you say it's going to get way worse, I'm like, oh, how much worse can it get? And Christians are part of that, Paula. You know, we, we've got, especially with an election season coming up, um, Christians are going to embarrass us. You know, they're going to say dumb things. They're going to spread rumors and spread lies. Right now, the... The, the, the world, and, and unfortunately, Christians are part of this. You know, all the Taylor Swift conspiracies and, and uh, you know, just we need to be men and women who pursue holiness. In these last days, that's where our power, our source of strength is going to come from, walking in the presence of the Lord. I'm not even going to ask you about the Taylor Swift thing because I don't know anything and I don't even want to know. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell me. Yeah. Um, another person was asking about uh, it. they didn't know their spiritual gifts. I remember when I went to church and I said, what's my spiritual gift? And they did hand out the the survey kind of thing. And I, I had to do that at not only one church, the first church. It's, was, a, per, it's, a, it's a psychological personality profile. Mm-hmm. And it's not a survey. It's just it's it's. We're going to tell you what your gifts are based on your personality type, okay. which means it's not from Lord at all. Okay, okay. So, I, I, you know, because I 
didn't have any leadership in my home at the time <laughs> to ask a question, and I didn't know anything. And so I went to this little church, and they're the ones that told me they were a beginner church, you know, that you'll probably outgrow this church. And I just thought, that doesn't make sense. We should be growing together. But anyway, they, they were true to their word. It was just like a new believers thing. And like, I don't know, three or four months in, it was like they would come back around to the first lesson that they gave. And so, um, but I think the second time I was there, I'm a member now, you know. And so, do you need to know what you, you need to know, you need, to, they're telling me that I needed to know what my spiritual gifts were. And so here's the the form, and it was like three pages worth of questions. And it seemed like a lot of the questions were the same. They just rewrote them, kind of. Um, but, so, I, I had, this is my first one. I had the gift of giving, babe. <laughs> My second one was the gift of encouragement. And I don't even remember what my third one, but when I, I just thought, I have the gift of giving. They don't know who I am because <laughs> I have no money. <laughs> <laughs> but I've since learned, you know, being here at Calvary Chapel that, um, you know, he, he wants my time, my talent, and my treasure. And, and if I don't have any or very little of one, I could give a little bit more of one of the other ones. So, uh, I got some time, and so I get to do that, and a little, little talent, and so I get to be on the worship team. And like this last week, poor Mr. Mo, he was sick, and so I got called in last minute. So I get to do that kind of stuff. But then I went to another church, um, a, a more mature, a more mature church, and they did the exact same thing. And guess what, babe? I have the gift of giving there. <laughs> and the gift of encouragement and the gift of helps. And so I was like, wow, <laughs> this feels like business. Be- before, yeah, before I got saved, I used to give those personality profiles to prospective employees mm. because you, have, you want a certain personality for a certain job, okay. a different personality for a filing job or a clerk's job or something. And um, so, so it would tell me what their, their natural tendencies were. The problem, of course, is that when God gives you spiritual gifts, they're empowered from heaven. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't need you to be a certain type of person. He's going to use the gifts of the Spirit that he gives. The Spirit gives as he wills to each person. And I just think, you know, I I mentioned this yesterday in the program, but um, God doesn't meet people sitting around. If you want to know what your spiritual gifts are, serve somebody. Mm And if you're serving somebody, then God is going to pour out uh, the power for that gift and probably give you additional gifts as well. But but you've got to take that step of faith and say, Jesus, I'm just going to serve. And everybody who goes to a church, which is going to be most of this audience, um, you ought to be going in saying, okay, what do you need me to do? Mm-hmm. And if they say, um, clean the kitchen or clean the fellowship hall or mm-hmm. or clean the bathrooms. Mm-hmm. You have to do it with great joy mm-hmm. because while you're doing it, ministering to others, God, the Holy Spirit, is going to meet you and give you more direction. And you remember in, in the, the book of Acts in chapter 6, um, uh, seven great ministries were begun uh, by waiting on tables. Yep. Um, uh, seven great ministries, full, full seven men, full of wisdom and full of the Holy Spirit, um, and and you know they, they were obvious men. They were chosen, and God used them to do miraculous things. But they first had to be content, you know, sort of waiting the tables. Mm-hmm. Let's let's get this problem fixed. Let's do it as unto the Lord, mm-hmm. and um, because they were faithful in small things. God can entrust them with big things. I think too often we want big things right away. And Jesus says, hey, just do something for somebody else. How about loving somebody else? Well, that's not my gift. I've had people come to me and say, Pastor Ron, how can I help? I'm anxious to help them. They say, well, great. Why don't you go to children's ministry and volunteer? Why don't you go to to the cleaning ministry? Well, no, no, no. My, my gift really is teaching or my gift is praying or, or leading a men's group. And, and so, you know, that's not a servant. A servant serves <laughs> when the opportunity presents itself. A volunteer does what he or she wants to do when yeah. it's convenient yeah. to do so. Yeah. And if if we're going to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, <laughs> then it has to be um, 
Lord, I'm going to serve you no matter what. Yeah. Do all things as unto the Lord. Yeah. I mean, we had this one lady, Ron, and she had been in the cleaning ministry uh, back in the day with Rosalinda and me, you know, and and she was faithful. I mean, I mean she was here doing a great job all the time. So one day I think Darlene saw her and said, uh, can you help me out in the, 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 the nursery? It was the nursery. You know, I need somebody just to be in there because we have at least two adult servants all the time, you know. And so she said, okay. She filled out the thing, and, and Darlene said, now, when you come in, I, I need you to be committed. And this lady was committed. She says, I'll give you one year, you know, and then at the end of that, we'll we'll revisit this decision. This lady was faithful. I mean, every week she was there, you know, with a smile on her face. You could tell she had been praying before she came in. <laughs> at the end of that year talking to Darlene she said and I was there she said uh, I, I'd rather clean toilets <laughs> it's just not my gift you know she wasn't married she didn't have any kids and I think she was in her late 40s early 50s and she just was like no I, I did that already it's it's really not my gift but thank you so much for the opportunity I mean she was just so you, even something she wasn't fit for she was faithful she was a committed. year. She said, I'll give you a year. So that she she tried it. And she was totally faithful. But that's what that's a kind of commitment because when you serve and you find out you don't like something, the last thing you, that anybody needs is for you to quit midstream. You know, so serve but be committed to it. Yeah, be I told my told Ronnie that too. You know, he said jump from one job to the next because he wanted to be bank bank president, you know. I used to tell this is our son. Uh, I used to tell him, babe, just get a job, stay in that job for a year, then you'll know that you're faithful, that you're committed, that you're able. And he finally has done that. It, it took a little while. So anyway, when I woke up this morning, um, this is this is what I wrote. And I was awake, so I can really read my writing, hmm. and I didn't scribble over on something else. And so as a believer... Um, not just for me, this is for everybody. And you say this quite often, but every once in a while, you know how something will just hit you? It's like, oh, that's what he's been saying all along. I think I'm starting to get it. Remember, I told you, tell me something 21 times. <laughs> the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. And so this morning, as a, before I got out of bed, I was just sitting there, and I wrote this, and I was like, the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. So what applications do you want it? Give me, Lord, what what are you what are you talking about? What do you want me to get from this? And the very first one was don't be afraid, because the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in me, so I don't need to be afraid. Now I'm a fearful person. Just like you, I'm a fearful person, but the Lord says, Don't be afraid. Um you know, even going out sometimes when I'm walking and there's nobody else out there but me. It's kind of spooky, you know. From afar, some of the deer look like big dogs and <laughs> stuff like that, you know. He, he says, don't be afraid. But that's just a, a silly thing. But don't be afraid of what's to come. Don't be afraid I am with you because the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. Second was don't give no, in. No, go, let, let, yeah, to talk about don't be afraid for a moment. Because okay. You know, fear is a human emotion, mm-hmm. and it's it's sort of we we have kind of an instinctive flight or fight response when we're afraid of something. So it doesn't mean um, don't experience fear. When Jesus says, "Do not be afraid; be strong and courageous," is what he was what he said to to Joshua. What he's saying is, overcome your fear, surrender your fear, and instead of responding to it rather respond to me. And that's how we learn uh, how big God really is. Uh, I'm terrified of something, but God, I'm going to do it anyway. You always tell your ladies, um, (laughs) if you're afraid, do it afraid. Do it scared. Um, When you do that, um, you see God come through for you time and time again, and you become less fearful of those kind of things, and you experience fear uh, less frequently. 
but but the the idea, you know, in First John again, because I'm reading it so many times, mm-hmm. um, it says, uh, uh, "Perfect love casts out fear," and people freak out. They read oh. that out of context. Mm-hmm. Um, um, they freak out because it's like, "Well, I'm afraid." Does that mean my love isn't perfect? Mm-hmm. No, it, love or fear has to do with judgment, and that's the context there. Judgment, and we can cast out that fear. But the reality is, we're going to be afraid. We're going to doubt. We're going to worry. We're going to do all of those things. But when we sort of hang in there with Jesus and continue to do it while we're afraid, um, we end up looking back and saying, you know, there was really no reason to be afraid. And the next time something like that comes up, you're equipped to deal with it. You know, COVID was a great example. Christians freaked out. Everybody did. Mm -hmm. But Christians freaked out. We Christians shouldn't have freaked out. Mm. Nobody wants to be sick. And and there was all kinds of uh, misinformation about how deadly it was. And millions and millions of people are going to die. And this is worse than the plague and all those kind of things. But but once we started experiencing it, and everybody did, um, you should have thought, looked back and said, you know, God, I was afraid for nothing. And there's still people who aren't back in church because they're afraid of crowds. And the thing is, you miss out on everything when you give in to fear. So Jesus is not saying, don't experience fear. We all do. Mm-hmm. What he's saying is, you walk with me and we'll overcome it together. And that's when we really realize how big and powerful he really is. I'm so thankful. So thankful that I come here. Um, so... You know, sometimes what you say is embrace the test, embrace the trial. Okay, here don't we are. Don't enjoy it, Yeah, but embrace it. Yeah, don't enjoy it, but embrace it. Okay, Lord, you knew about this. You know, here I am together. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. You know, and, and as I say it, I can hear my voice go, you're with me, right? You know. For thou art with me. Okay, we're going to go through this together. Okay, so then the second one I said was, don't give in to temptation. Um, you know, the, the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. I remember um, when this was, this was before you even saved, I think, right? Just going back so it's not the trial that I'm in now. Um, where the Lord was telling me, uh, uh, hello, I've called you. You know, you're going to be a pastor's wife and you need to, Stop drinking alcohol. So no more going to the liquor store, no more buying, you know. It's like, and then for my, my caller that said pursuing holiness is is just a little bit too fast, you know. You mean me? I'm still struggling, Lord. This man you've given me is going to come home and he's going to be mean. So I used to drink a little bit to take the edge off. And so now he's saying, put that away. No more. Mm, what am I going to do now? You know, kind of a thing. Um but don't give in the t- to the temptation of being filled with wine. Rather, be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, find out what pleases God. And so he's saying, whatever the temptation that comes along to lose my temper or um, to be angry, whatever it is, um, he says, I don't want you to give in to temptation. You know. Because the same power that raised Christ from the dead. And we don't have to. I, you know, too many Christians think, well, I've resisted as long as I can. I've got to give in. Um, every Christian ought to have memorized 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Mm-hmm. And then you got, once you memorize it, then you can wrestle with God about whether or not you really believe it. That's the thing. You know, yep. it's, it's not just a, a, a verse. Mm-hmm. Memorize it. Hide it in your heart, David said, so that I will not sin against you. Yes. And then, then you can wrestle with the Lord about whether you really believe it. No temptation has seized you except that which is common to man. Mm-hmm. And God, God is, is faithful. faithful yeah. Not Ron is faithful yeah. or Paul is faithful. Yeah. God is faithful. He won't let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. And when you are tempted, he will provide a way out. And the idea is so that we overcome the temptation. So we don't ever have to give in to temptation. Um, we do it because we choose to. Mm. Because the thing that we're being tempted by, you know, you were tempted with with drinking way back. Mm -hmm. Um, The first time I ever put alcohol in my mouth, it was so foul I spit it out. And I've never had a drink of alcohol. Mm -hmm. I mean, I am, nobody could tempt me, nobody in this world can tempt me to take a drink of alcohol. (laughs) 
It just it just can't happen. Yeah, yeah. And um, as foreign as that is to some people, um, the enemy always tempts us. He never tempts me with alcohol because he knows. Mm-hmm. He tempts me with stuff my flesh wants. A hot fudge Sunday. Well, that's not sin. <laughs> it no, is a- no, that's not sin. <laughs> not not at all. Not in the least. So you're not going legalist on me, are you? Yeah, I'm going legalist. Yeah. 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 Uh, but it's just something we got to remember. We yeah. got to we got to own our sin. Yeah. And when we give in, it's because we really wanted to, and we chose to. It didn't overtake us. It yeah. didn't overwhelm us. Yeah, no. We chose yeah. at we some chose. point. Yeah. And in some cases, Paula, as you know, we plan our sin. Yeah. And the reality is, we got to make a decision. Yeah. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't mean we can be perfect. I always, I don't know why I have to say that, but, but, we've got a, a broad audience here. Yeah. Um, but but it means that that when we fail, we can learn, and we can be cleansed, mm-hmm. and then we're right back in that place where we can walk with Jesus in the righteousness of the Lord. Because the third thing is Second Corinthians five seventeen, we are a new creation. So remember. And I think what you're saying is, is uh, as far as hiding it in my heart, because it was kind of like one of those things where the Lord said, I want you to say it again. Say it again. Say it again. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. Why? And how is that possible? Because I'm a new creation. Anybody in Christ is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. And so that same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. And so... I'm not the same old me. I mean, I look the same. I sound the same. You know, my voice is a crazy, crazy kind of voice. But I, I look the same, I sound the same, but I don't have to act the same. Yeah. You know, Paula, for so many years, you were that little girl who was 11 years old. Your dad had died, and you were stuck with a mom who wasn't mentally well. Yeah. And, um, you know, that 11-year-old girl um, was with you Always, when you were 15 and 18 and 25 and 35 mm, and 45 mm, and 55. Mm-hmm. And um, that that promise of God, there's another one that we we have to wrestle with and sort of decide whether or not we really believe that. Do we really and truly believe that we're new? Mm-hmm. We don't have to... Our, our, our parents, the things they did, people that, that did bad things to us, the things that we're afraid of. Um, do we really believe that we're free? You know, this is one of my pet peeves of 12-step groups. They teach Christians. now, And, and Christians are, are eager advocates for 12-step groups, and I can never understand that. You know, God is gracious. People meet the Lord in 12-step groups. I love that. But... Anytime somebody says, once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic, they haven't been born again. Mm. It's that simple. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. And that's one of those, we've got to decide, do I believe it? The, 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 the men and the women that have served in our military and they're struggling with PTSD, they've got to decide whether they believe that. That old stuff happened and it was horrible. But now the power of the Holy Spirit can rest upon them, and things are new. And we can walk in the newness. As long as we're walking in the newness, we're fine. The problem is that we go back and take those turns into the oldness too often. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, we've got to believe, really truly believe, that the old is gone the new has come. I'm not who I used to be. We used to be slaves to sin, Paul says. Yeah. But now you are slaves to righteousness. And everybody who's dealing with old junk from their past, betrayals, abuse, divorce, unforgiveness, anybody has to deal with all that old stuff from years and years ago, um, they ought to be able to say to the Lord, thank you, Lord, that I I once was a slave to that stuff. Mm -hmm. But now I'm a slave to righteousness. And if I'm a slave to righteousness, then that's enough. Yeah. Remember to say that to yourselves out there. Like like I'm saying to myself, the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. And so I can hear the Lord's voice over and over saying, you know, you're a new person. 
and I'm going to make it. I'm in the process of making you new every day. So look for the new and improved Paula. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It's not a new improved Paula. It's a whole new one. A completely a, a new completely one. Completely new. Yeah. Woo, praise the Lord. You know, what does Paul say over and over in his epistles? Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like old clothes. If your clothes are worn out and raggedy and stinky, mm-hmm. you throw them away. Yeah. But you put on new clothes. Yeah. After no, you take a shower, too. Yeah, No. nobody puts on old clothes and then puts on the new clothes over them. Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of Christians do. Mm. And it just doesn't have to be. Paul, I didn't realize that we're inside one minute now, so we are done. Okay, bye. Love you guys. <laughs> well, I mean, it's coming. <laughs> Just wrap up is what I was saying. Uh, and then I was singing this song, and I'm not going to sing it, but here's the here's the lyric. It says, talking about, you know, the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. And I just was saying to the Lord, let me become more aware of your presence. Let me experience the glory of your goodness. And he does, but I, I mean, even more so with this... Um, new me and my new vision you know and he's always he's he's always saying look up look up look higher look higher he's always faithful and god is faithful that ought to be on written on our brains hey thanks for tuning in you've been listening to the date day edition of the word to stand up for life lord willing i'll be back tomorrow at four o'clock on am 630 word we'll see you then bye-bye Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels, The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.